There's a passage of Scripture we came across in the book of Revelation. It was, uh, and I think it was, it was a blessing. It was as uh, the great tribulation was taking place. Uh, you know what the, tribu- the great tribulation is? When God has had it up to here. Yeah? When he has it up to there, then he begins to pour out his judgment on this world. Now, why would God pour out his judgment on this world? Because of, because of unbelief and rejection. He sent his son and they re- rejected him. Right? So at some point, at some point, it gets up to here. We've seen this in Scripture before. And we see it again as, we, as, as the Scripture projects into the book of Revelation and talks about that, you might say, the great day of the Lord or that, that when, when, when he brings punishment on the earth, finally punishes the world. And there's a passage that uh, when, when one of the seven seals are, is open, the voice of the martyrs, they call out and say, Oh God, how long? How long will you not deal with this? And they're under the altar. Now this is a picture of the scene in heaven. And they're saying, how long, O Lord? And later on, and, and, and he's, he's comforted, they're comforted and, and told just to come, hang in there for a season. Later on, you see a trumpet sound. And you'll find this in, in the book of Revelation if you see it. And there was this big old angel. And he takes... He, he has a censer in his hand. I shared this with the ladies. It's kind of cool. I, I really like it. He has a censer in his hand, and he takes, and it's full of incense, and he sprink, takes the incense and pours it into the, into the bowl where the prayers of these people are, and it begins to rise up before God. And at the same moment, he takes the same censer and reaches down and scoops up the, the, the fiery coals that are on the altar, and he slings them over the earth. And it begins. See, God sees. He understands. There's a reason why he has not judged us, has not judged the world, because there are still yet people that need to hear about Jesus. They need to hear the gospel. I don't know when the last person will hear and God will, will start this judgment. I don't know that. But, the, but, is, but time is limited. And God has a plan. You know, it's, uh, what has kept God from judging, judging the earth? Mercy. <laughs> the same thing that keeps him from judging you and me. Mercy. Mercy. One more to hear. One more to say yes to him. Amen. 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 A little different from the, from the sermon that I have for you. In the previous chapters, in, in the book of, 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 uh, of Hebrews, we, 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 uh, in fact, what we have, we have the fourth chapter, right? The fourth chapter, verses 1 through, I believe we'll go all the way to 14. But let me just give you some, some, some background on this. Hebrews is a hard, pass, a hard book. So is Romans. There are some, some passages of Scripture that just are a little more complicated, a little tougher to understand. But there's, there's not only a, a contextual message here, but there's something for us. There has to be. There always has to be. 
No, no matter what, what we read, perhaps if we, if we read a chapter out of the book of Leviticus, we'd still have to somehow find something for us there. Amen? Amen. So here we have, uh, in, in, uh, in, in, in the earlier chapters of Hebrews, and this kind of brings us up to speed and kind of sets the tone for the fourth chapter now, in the first chapter, in chapter 1 and chapter 2, we find uh, that, that, that God is, is reveal, or reveals the position of humanity and the position of angels and the position of Christ, the Son of God. And, and in this, in the, and, and it's not up there, but, but just take my, I'm just going to pull, uh, I'm just going to read a few passages here. Uh, speaking uh, uh, of the angels and, and, and the difference of the, from the difference between Jesus and the angels, he says in verse 5 of chapter 1, he says, for, which to the, for to which of the angels did he ever say, you are my son, this day uh, I have begotten you, and again I will be a father to him, and he shall be to me a son. And verse 13, he says, and But to which of the angels has he ever said, Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool? Jesus, the Christ, the Son of the living God. And in verse 14, we find out what the, the purpose of angels are. He says, and Are they not all, uh, speaking of the angels, are they not all ministering spirits sent out to render service for the sake of those who will receive, who will inherit salvation? Again, Ministering spirits sent out to render service to people who will receive, those who will receive salvation. Who's that? That's you. That's me. That's humanity. Speaking of mankind, speaking of mankind, in, verse, in, in chapter 2, verses, verses 6, he says, but, some, but one has testified somewhere saying, what is man that you remember him or the son of man that you are concerned about him? You have made him a little lower than the, than you have made him a little, for, you have made him for a little while lower than the angels. And you have crowned him with glory and honor and have appointed him over the works of your hands. And you have put all things in subjection under his feet. Humanity. You see, if you wonder, you know, some people are really confused about, uh, about the, the positions of things. But in, in, in these first couple of chapters, he kind of, uh, God sets, uh, through, through, through the writer, he sets uh, a, a, a picture and kind of set, uh, gives us a foundation for the things that we'll read now. Hebrews 4, verse 1. Therefore... Let us, not, let us fear if while a promise remains of entering his rest, any one of you may seem to, to have come short of it. For indeed, we have heard good news preached to us just as they also, but the word they heard did not profit them because it was not united by faith in those who heard. For, he, for, for we who have believed enter the, that rest, just as he said, as I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest, although his works were finished from the foundation of the world. For he has said somewhere concerning the seventh day, and God rested on the seventh day from all of his works, and again in this passage, they shall not enter my rest. Therefore, since it remains for some to enter it, and for those who formerly had good news preached to them, failed to, to enter because of disobedience, 
He, he, he again fixes a certain day. Today, saying through David after so long, of a, uh, so long a time, just as it has been said before, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. For if Joshua had given them rest, he would not have spoken of, a, of another day after that. So there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For the one who has entered his rest as, has himself also rested from his works as God did from his. Therefore, let us be diligent. Let us be diligent to enter that rest so that no one will fall through, the, through, the, through following the same example of disobedience. For the word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword and piercing as far as the division of soul and spirit of both joints and marrow, and able to judge the thoughts and the intentions of the heart. There is no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are open and laid bare to the eyes of him with whom we have to do. Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast to our confession. Now, interesting passage. All kinds of references to the Old Testament there. References to the Israelites who came out of Egypt after they had seen just the incredible power and the miracles of God to deliver them from the bondage and the slavery. Can can you think of that? 400 years of slavery. Those people didn't know anyone who hadn't been a slave. They didn't know how to, to act. And God delivered him, them by, their, by his mighty hand. They witnessed it firsthand. They saw, you know, we, we, we read the stories about the sea standing up on its end. They witnessed it firsthand. They were there when, they were there when the locusts came. They were there when, when Moses struck the rock and water came. They came out and they were able to drink. They were there when manna fell from heaven every day. Every day. In a bleak, in a a desert land where there was no vegetation, there was nothing but sand. God fed them from heaven and they were there, they saw it. So the references were there. But even those people who had witnessed not only the, the Shekinah glory of God radiating from Moses as he came down the mountain, they had witnessed all of these things that I'd, I'd made reference to, didn't enter into his rest because of their disobedience and their disbelief. Okay? Powerful words, and some people may not like about, may not like some of the things that are going to come off of these pages today. But what I had said to you in the past as we press in, and this, this video is a good one, because quite frankly, folks, the, the clock really is ticking. We don't know when Christ will return. In fact, if anybody writes another book and says, okay, ten, ten, uh, ten reasons why Jesus is going to come in 2015, don't buy it. You know? I mean, it's amazing. It's amazing. Jesus said, no one knows the day or the hour, only my Father in heaven. Okay, we just don't know. What's he told us to do? Hold fast, work until he comes. That example is through the scriptures. Now, is it possible for us that while Jesus is gone, 
While Jesus, and I'm not saying gone in, in the conventional sense, but he's with, at the right hand of the Father in heaven. While we're waiting for him to come, is it possible for us to grow weary in well-doing? Is it possible for us to say, well, you know, my grandma, she said he was going to come and she was going to be raptured. Uh, my, my aunt, I mean, I, all my life I've heard that Jesus was coming, Jesus was coming, and I haven't seen him yet. Is it possible to grow weary in well-doing? Is it possible to, in a sense, close your heart and harden your heart in spite of what God is speaking to us and find ourselves in a place where the writer says that you could fall? Now, I'm a, I'm a guy who really, really likes the security of God's word. The security of walking with him. He said, nobody's going to pluck you out of my hand. But, but what we have here in this passage of, uh, of scripture, we've got, you know, I, I can't afford. And I don't think you can afford to, to, to not look at the whole scripture. Kind of parcel out how this thing works. You know? I recognize that some of us have uh, pet, pet passages, things that we lean on a little bit more heavily than the others. They speak to us, okay? I like the book of John. In fact, if you hang around here long enough, you'll hear me do a whole series on the book of John. And if you hang around here longer, you'll hear me do it again. <laughs> so eventually, we cycle through some of these things, but it will never be the same, but the truths are always the same. So, you know, it's, it, that's, that's how we are. Yet, here's the, vo- here's the, the message. There's, 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 as we look at this passage of Scripture, these, these few verses, um, we talk, it talks about the rest of God. Okay? And what the writer here is, is referring to and, and the message that we are to receive is that, that the rest, of the rest that, that the scripture speaks of, you might say the Sabbath rest, that we see on a weekly basis. You know, there's always a parallel between the natural and the spiritual. Do you know that? Now, even in the feasts, and if you've been, you've been here over the, over the last year, and you've, you've listened to Lenny Allen and some of the, the other people we brought in that talks about the Jewish functions and the history and all, and the, and the Jewish theology, how it all connects with, with, with the theology and, and the scriptures that we have today, we understand that God reveals himself. And some of the, the patterns that are available to us and, and that we can witness today there is an eternal and a spiritual pattern that's parallel. Okay? All of these things, all of these things, all of the feasts that, 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 that are, are present in the scriptures, all of the celebrations have some spiritual significance that involve Jesus and, and eternity. All of them do. So is the case with the rest. The rest of God, the Sabbath rest. Now, I'm not a, a Seventh-day Adventist. I'm not going to go there, I'm, but, I, but I do believe that, that we need to take the time to worship him, to honor him, and, and to pick out a day. You know, it, you know, we have, as a, as a community, chosen to be, uh, to, for, for this day to be our rest. Okay? But we're not going to beat people up because and, and make and, and, and create a uh, create a legal system because it's by grace you're saved 
through faith, not of works, lest any man should boast. But he still speaks not only of a Sabbath rest that we can experience on a, on a, on a, on a, on a, on a weekly basis, but when God speaks of his rest, he, worked, he, he created the, the world, and on the seventh day he rested. That's an eternal, that's an eternal, that's, that's, that's something that takes place in eternity, and we call it going to heaven. Yeah? For, for lack of a better terminology, we call it going to heaven, being in that place of rest with God. Okay? So uh, the, the scripture is, is leaning and, and speaking to that very thing. Now, could we say that the opportunity, and this passage reveals to us that the opportunity to do this and experience this is finite. What I mean by that is that the door is not always open. God speaks to us. Now, in, in the bigger picture, let's, let's face it, the, uh, we, we, could, we could say that, that our time is not finite. Uh, obviously, there, there comes a day when, uh, that when, we, when our days, the, numbered, the days that are numbered in, in our lives, uh, comes to an end. And if we have not acknowledged Christ, if we've not acknowledged God, we're lost. We'll not enter into his rest. Okay? So it's finite in that, in, in that respect too. But could I, say, could, I, could I share with you something else when it comes to the finiteness of, when I say finite, that means there comes a, there comes a time when, when time is not simply unlimited. Many of us live that way. When, when I was young, I thought, you know, I'd be in school forever, right? Kids, you ever feel like you're, you're going to be in like high school forever? Yeah. So they do, they do. Surprise, surprise, okay? Um, and, and, and the rest of us know that that's not true, isn't it? <laughs> we know that. So there's, there's a finiteness to that, to, to all things. And, and so the scripture, when it says, when you, hear your, when you hear his voice, do not harden your heart. Some of us harden our hearts because we say, okay, I recognize I need to get saved. I need to give my heart to Christ, but not yet. There's some things I want to do. In other words, that I know God wouldn't approve of. And what would my friends say? Okay? So I harden my heart. That's what we have to do. When the Holy Spirit speaks to you and you say no, you're hardening your heart. Does that make sense? And, and, and this is kind of, a, uh, kind of an awkward sermon today, but these are the truths that are, are present within this passage, that our opportunity to say yes to God when he speaks to us is finite. Sometimes it's, 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 it ends because, our opportunity ends because we simply grow old and die. Or an accident happens and we pass from this life into the next and the opportunity is gone. Sometimes, the, sometimes uh, our opportunity is finite because simply God no longer speaks to us. Now, I don't, I, I don't know how that works. I don't know how, uh, how to control that. But I know this, that sometimes God speaks to me and sometimes God doesn't. I'm thankful. I, I remember the time... And I've shared this with you before, that people had witnessed to me, and boy, when they talked to me about Jesus, about serving God, about giving my life to Him, I'd get really uncomfortable. 
Sometimes I couldn't even look them in the eye. At the time, I didn't know what that was. I was just a little embarrassed or it was, and quite frankly, it went beyond that. I was really uncomfortable. The truth is, that was my salvation. There came a time when I recognized that that was the voice of God. That was the voice of God, and I said yes to him, and immediately I found peace. And that discomfort that was a part of of someone saying to me, you need to accept Jesus as Savior. You need to give your life to him. Do you know that there's coming a hell? There's coming a time when when punishment will come. And, and, And essentially, God said, even to the people who witnessed All the miraculous things that took place in Egypt. They were the people who were released from physical bondage. They were fed with manna in the wilderness. They received the sustenance every day. But there came a time when they simply said no. And he said, I swore in my wrath they'll not enter into my rest. The opportunity is finite. And essentially, in this passage of Scripture, what we find here is that unbelief or the failure to act, and I would say failure to act is tantamount, is is in some respects uh, uh, equal to unbelief. Could could you say, I mean, uh, it's not exactly the same, but the effects are the same. The end result is the same. If you fail to act when God speaks to you, in that window of opportunity. In that window of opportunity, you'll be lost. I don't know how many times. Sometimes, sometimes God speaks to a person over and over and over again. And, and I know for myself, maybe it was, it was, it was probably double digit. I'm thankful that, that I, at some point in time, in the right time I said yes, But I know this, there comes a time when we harden our hearts through saying no to God, that God just quits talking to us. I don't know when that is. We sit here today with an opportunity, but I would would imagine there are people here among us today that God has spoken to you and you've said no. Not now, not now, not now. The scripture tells us, uh, tells us of a time when men and women will seek repentance and not find it. In other words, know it, know it inside, know it in their head, but somehow can't, God's not speaking to me anymore. I remember my mother, I had gone home. I, I had gone, I, I had been with her. I had spoken to her about Christ and she kept telling me, I'm not ready. But she, but she knew. She knew the, 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 the presence and, the, and, and the, the, in, the impact of the Holy Spirit. And she was waiting for that. She had not received that. She had not experienced that. She knew what it was because she was raised as a believer, right? She knew what God felt like, and she, she was going to church in a sense. She would go to church just waiting for him to call her. You imagine that? I don't know if he's going to call me, but I'm waiting. 
I'm waiting to hear his voice again so I can respond. There came a time they went to a service. See, uh, the scripture tells us faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. And it was in that moment, in a moment like this, that God spoke to her. And she went forward and she asked Christ to come into her life. She repented of her sins. Could I say to you that failure to act or an unbelief is when God speaks to you, creates the possibility of failing. You know, is it possible to fail here? I mean, if you read that passage, how could you not see that? That is possible. Here we are. Here we are. It's 2013. The Word of God is everywhere. You know, I know many of us watch the stuff on, watch the things on TV and receive things from that. I'm not one of those guys that I don't like to watch a lot of uh, religious broadcasting because I, I'm, I always like to know where things are coming from. But God speaks and God uses. How many sermons, how many witnesses have you received? And you said, later. How many times has God pricked your heart and you said later, one of these days? One of these days, I'll do that. I want you to know there comes a time when God quits speaking. I don't know when that is. It's my prayer as a pastor that he keeps on speaking to a heart that's hardened. That he will break through, the, you might say, the wall that, that has been erected uh, through unbelief and denial. By, and, and, and against the hardness that you've created by saying no. You know, that's, that's how it happens. I mean, there's a physical form of that, right? We play the guitars up here. And every once in a while, I'll teach somebody to play guitars. I don't know, you know, I maybe 12, 13 chords on a capo, and I can play almost anything, you know? Not great, but I can get by. But, but when I teach people, I say, all right, okay. Here's a D, here's a G, here's a... And they say, ow, that hurts. Okay? Now, I teach them, I want you to keep doing it until it no, no longer hurts. In that case, in, in that case, it's good because you develop calluses. Because you're, you're, resisting, you're resisting that hurt and you're just pushing on anyway. Do you know that in that case, it works out well and it's a good thing? But when God speaks to you and your heart hurts and you push on through that, there's a callus that begins to form on your heart. There's a hardness that begins to, to form in your life that even when he speaks, it just bounces off. The scripture talks about the sower went out to sow and he spread his seed and some of the, some of the seed fell on hard ground. And the seed was the word of God. Some of us have hard hearts because we've said no to God so many times and so long. No becomes the hard paved ground that the seed won't penetrate. The opportunity is finite. Unbelief or the failure to act the possibility of failing. How about the role of God's word? Now, here's where, here's where I want to bring it back here because um, in, the last, in the last series, I talked about getting closer to God 
and pressing in and pressing in and enjoying and, 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 and becoming what God wants you to be. That one passage, I like to, like to reiterate it. It's verse 12, it says, For the word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword and piercing as far as the division of the soul and spirit, both joints and marrow, and able to judge the thoughts and the intentions of the heart. Now, I don't know how to unwrap that one. N- not every component of it, but I know this, that God knows who you are. And he knows where you are. And he knows the intentions of your heart. Now when the word of God comes forward, whether you're reading it, whether you're hearing it, it has a way of of penetrating your heart. Doesn't it? Okay. Now, now, in, in in another sermon I would say something like this. Okay, because the word of God is living, and it's breathed by the Holy Spirit. It is something that cre- it's creative. It's creative. For the believer, for the person who has embraced Jesus, and, and, and they, they begin to read the Word, and God begins to change them and shift them in ways that, 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 that are unfathomable. I find that when I spend time with God's Word, I want to spend more time with God's Word. I find that when I spend time, more time with God's Word, I think about Him more often. I'm less prone to make mistakes or what we call sin. When I spend more time with His Word, He begins to shift my thinking into holy and pure things. When I spend more time with His Word, I begin to understand what He wants of me. And it gets inside of me. And he begins to, to move me in different directions. God's word is alive. It's not just ancient literature. It's dangerous. Yes, it's dangerous. The communists know that. They know that perhaps better than the Christian church. They understand the danger. Then when people honestly begin to open the word of God and, and begin to take it seriously and listen to it and allow their lives to be formed, then, then, then there is true freedom. And people's lives begin to shift and change in ways that they are uncomfortable with. God's word. God's word. On uh, Wednesday, on Wednesday, at 6.30 in the morning, we come and we pray here for about a half an hour. On Wednesday night, the pioneers, the young people come in at 5.45. There's, a, there's kind of a, a dinner for them, for, for anyone who comes in that, that point. And then there's about quarter till, quarter till seven, we meet up here and we begin to worship and pray and intercede. God's word, powerful to change. Folks, here we are in Jamestown, 2013. That video that I showed you, that we showed you, we finally were, we were able to show you. Um, it's, it, it, it was a fairly cleaned up version of something that's happening everywhere in the world. I don't know when Jesus is going to come. But I do know this. I know what the signs of the time are. Persecution is becoming more and more prevalent 
and it's coming to our shores. Coming to our shores. We're experiencing in, in, in our government, and our government will be key. Okay? We are. Government will be key. I, I worked for the government for 24 years. I was a chaplain. They never, they never wanted me to pray in Jesus' name. What was Jesus? Why, why, why Jesus? Because he is the Lord of glory, and we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers in high places. Jesus is the Christ. He is the King. And all hell knows it. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't know how much more time we have. I don't. I, I'm, I'm just pressing on like, you know, who knows? I may grow old and die in my bed. You know, I don't know that. I don't know. But I see the signs of the time they're coming. I'm not a prepper in the, in the, in the, in the sense that they have them on TV. You know, the preppers, the guys are waiting for the apocalypse. Oh, look. I'm a prepper in the spiritual sense. My eyes are on Jesus. I have given him my heart. I've asked him to come into my life and to forgive me of my sin. I've asked him to fill me with the Holy Spirit. I've asked him, and he's done that. I've asked him to touch your hearts as pastor. As a pastor, I'm thinking, wow, I know I've got people here whose walls are up around their heart. Oh, God. Oh, God. Begin by the Holy Spirit and by your anointing. To break down those walls. Why? Because he has loved you with an everlasting love. He says, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the day of provocation. But how many people died? Just swallowed up. I don't know if this is your, if, if this is your day of salvation. I don't know. But the word of God has gone forward, and along with a lot of my words, too. God loves you. If you're here and you've, you've, you haven't given your heart to Christ, you're not living for God. You don't even have to tell me that. God knows. And it's not about, it's not about the shame. It's about God loves you. you know, I recognize that, that you're, you're probably thinking, well, if I give my heart to Christ... I'm going to have to change how I live. Look, you just come to him. Come to him and let him change you. You know, is, 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 is your sexuality worth, worth your aberrations? Are they worth losing your life and soul in, in hell? Is, is, is it worth that? Is, is, are your friends worth that? Are the other things that you might, that are in your way, and I don't know what those things are, are those things worth that? There comes a time when we will stand before, when we will be standing in mass before someone who sits on a great white throne, who once upon a time held his hand out and said, Come to me, all you who, are, who, who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. The time is now. At that point in time, that's judgment. That's not the opportunity. The the door will have been closed for you. The door will have been closed for you. And his word will, will be to many, depart from me, 
into that place of everlasting darkness. These are not fun things to say, this, but it's the truth. So, all of you know that, that this is not the kind of message I, I preach very often. But you need to know that there's, there's, there's coming a time when you won't have another opportunity. When every, when every fiber of your body will say, will remember every opportunity that you turn down to give your heart to Jesus, to give your life to God. And you will lament. I think that's why the scripture talks about, and in that place of darkness, there will be a weeping and a gnashing of teeth. I can't imagine that kind of anguish. But the truth is, I can't imagine it. I don't want to. Today is a day that everyone, we still are here. Christ is still moving. The Holy Spirit is still moving. God has spoken to your heart today. Today is the day of salvation. Stand with me, folks. Stand with me. As we're, we're going we're gonna to sing, we're going to worship. And you know, you know, in, in just a few minutes, I'm going to turn everybody loose. We're going to go home. And some, some of you, where the Holy Spirit is pressing you now, you're saying, I just can't wait. I know if I just hold out. Don't do that. Don't harden your heart as in the day of provocation. If you've heard His voice today, don't harden your heart. Embrace Him. I'm here, I want you to hear me. I want you to hear me. You know, I want you to hear me. Jesus loves you and will save you. Will save you if you give your heart to him today. And you'll have a place not only in the rest that you have here, but in God's rest. Heaven will be your home. Salvation will be yours. Give God a shot this morning. If God spoke into your heart today. Could I, could I, I don't, I don't often do it this way, but could I have everyone close your eyes and bow your heads so, so that I can speak to you. I'm not going to embarrass anyone. And you heard the things that have gone, gone forward. And right now, God's pressing on your heart. And you know you need to say yes to him. Can I see your hand, please? I see your hand, yeah? Anyone else? Yes, yes, yes. Uh Uh-huh. Anyone else? Anyone else? Don't resist God. Don't resist Him today. He wants to save you. He wants to change some things for you. Anyone else? I want you to, if you, we're going to worship I wanted you to take an extra step. Those of you who have never given your heart to Christ or you have. I just want you to come. If you lifted your hand, come and spend some time here with me. Let me pray a prayer with you, a very simple prayer that will begin a journey for you, a journey of joy, a journey of salvation. As we worship, why don't you come and meet me here. Amen. Let's worship.